On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this fine but cool Wednesday night. Warren, thanks for that weather. Hey, and thanks to Finey again on another wonderful show and Finey's back tomorrow. And also the boys with Finey just before the Diego's, Troy Zantuck, Zanners, as he's lovingly known, and Jeff Poltz Potter as well. Uh, the Pulse. dynamic duo there. Uh, Vinny Venezuela, or Warren Diego first, so seeing that you spoke. Yeah. Rodrigo, you throw to... I normally do. Cause you throw to him I do and then come back to yeah. me because <laughs> I've got a couple of things to say. Oh, all right. Uh, Vinny Venezuela. Thank you very much. Good evening, Rodrigo. Good yes, to be here. It, it is good to be here, Vinny. Can good I just say, you. I've got a bone to pick with the FFE. You know, Summer 7's um, <laughs> ended tonight and there was nothing summery about it. There's mm. a call of Summer 7's, I think, on record. I've seen people with scarves, coats... Wood fires. Yeah, no, look, the, the FFE try their very best to, uh, you know, to look after football in Victoria. <laughs> well, and we well, know, obviously, our mate Anthony Grimmer does so much. But, um, you know, but I don't think he could do that for you, Vinnie Venezuela. You don't think their power extends beyond no. did you the weather? No. Did you have to step out in that? I was very cold. And by the way, uh, FFE announced their new CEO today, Maxwell Grattan, um, who you've seen around the traps, does a lot of things um, for for the Federation and has done for football in Victoria. So congratulations to Maxwell Grattan, who is now the new CEO of Football Federation Victoria. So hopefully we'll get him on the show at some stage. I think he's made it a priority to actually come on the show, Rodrigo. That's what I heard. Well, that yeah, no, that's true, as, as yep. do most of the luminaries uh, in world football. Warren Diego, welcome to you. Yeah, yep, it's good to be here. And there's a couple of things we need to um, talk about, first of all, the fact that Carlos isn't here for the second week. Yeah, is everything <laughs> Because right? I know you'll mention this in the Q&A. No, it isn't. <laughs> because he was a bit abusive in a, in a, in a pre-meeting and he got suspended. So he's, he's been in the stands for a couple of weeks. He and has. in that meeting that we had, he focused particularly on me talking about how I needed to be a little bit more focused, you know, trying to just stay on, stay on cue. But I'm not going to because he's not here and I can. There's a couple of things I, I want to say. The first thing I'm going to say is I, I'm going completely <laughs> off tap if I have to come here come on. every Wednesday night in the traffic jam. Well, you got in a traffic it jam took an hour and five. It took an hour and five minutes to get from Point Cook well, to Richmond. Now, fair income, if <laughs> Daniel Andrews or whatever can organise the fact that no traffic <laughs> work on the, I don't know, they call it the, I don't know, something upgrade. Of course they do. They make it a flowery name. I mean, traffic. You need a Warren Diego I'm gonna, lane, don't I, you, Warren? I'm going to do a well, Michael, Warren, you know I'm gonna do a Michael Douglas in falling down. <laughs> I'm just going to get out of my car no, don't do and that. leave it. I suggest you put it in writing, uh, Warren, and, and you know our listeners, uh, update our listeners at some other point. And one but, other uh, thing. What's that? Is this, I know it's extending on, but. Tomorrow is a significant day, Rodrigo, for a whole lot of reasons. But it's my daughter Lily's birthday oh, tomorrow, nice. 24. And I know oh. there's something significant in your life, Rodrigo, that we won't mention on air. But uh, the 24th is a significant day for 
for little Lily. And she went to bed early tonight saying it would go faster to her birthday, oh, which I can get the lovely. logic. Very cute. Yeah. Very cute. Well, happy birthday so that's to it from me. Lily Diego. There you go. Very good. Lily Diego. Very nice. Yes, with thanks to Tax Talk, uh, Best on Plumbing and the, the Northern Football Academy at uh, St Monica's in Epping, our great sponsors. Hey, we've got a big show for you tonight. We've got Mike McGrath coming up a little bit later on. Uh, we'll take your text messages, like Marie, who's already texted us. A la CR7, the Madrid derby was fantastic. Um, she just loves Madrid, Real Madrid, doesn't she? 942-911-16, we'd love to take your calls, or 0433-981116. Vinny Venezuela, have you got a hot topic tonight? Yes, well, I want to talk about erections, uh, Rodrigo, but, uh, <laughs> no. but, but not, not the, not the way you think. Tra- traffic jams. No. What's going no, no, on? No, I want to talk about, about football. Uh, <laughs> well, it is football related. Oh, okay, good. It's, okay. You know, it's uh, not harking back to the Palais ad days. It's, it's harking <laughs> back to um, Ibra. Ibra. Slats. Oh. <laughs> Man who can. You're going to getting have to a big, Getting a big statue erected uh, in, uh, oh, in Sweden. Outside uh, the... In Stockholm, outside the oh, stadium right. there, because people love Zlats. <laughs> ten metres. <laughs> that's, that's a ten big one. That's a big erection, really, just very quietly. <laughs> it's, it's very big. And so, and it's a good thing, because Zlats deserves it. Which, which that, by that the way, big? Marie, um, um, oh. <laughs> I'm talking now about CR7, because he, he uh, put a statue of himself up at his own museum in Madeira in Portugal. He but, did, uh, yeah, we saw that. And it's a, at, for his own museum. He could have gone twenty meters if he wanted to, That's but right. um, he what, chose not to. Do you think but the, the point is, ten meter is a bit excessive. Why not just I, life size? Well, look, can I just say this? Zlat's man who can, he had no say in the in the size of the erection or anything. It's just it's just going up. Yeah, right. So, so and he's just going to celebrate it because he's won his he's won his tenth golden ball as well. So <laughs> it all seems quite appropriate. What's, 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 what's the hot topic? So the hot topic, really, and and let's just bring it back a bit. Let's just be sober about this, chaps. Oh, it's all over. Which world football player would, or or Australia or Socceroo, would you you like to see celebrated in statue? So and who, tell us who and where? So tell us who you think is statue worthy. If you've got an idea for the design, we'll we'll. we'll so who should get a similar erection somewhere around the world? Anywhere. Yeah, anywhere anywhere right. you want. And, you know, if you want to design it for us and tell us uh, where you'd position it, go for us. All right, 0433981116. Send us a text message. That is the hot topic. Thank you very much, Vinny Venezuela. <laughs> it's 13 past 11. Dragged, bagged, slagged, lost your rag, absolutely shagged. You've not had a happy game? Let's take an early shower with Rodrigo Rodriguez. After that start, I'll need an early cold shower tonight. Uh, hey, um, thank you very much, Vinny Venezuela. 0433 or nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'd love to take your call when there's no Carlos or there's only three Diegos. You be the fourth Diego for us tonight. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Guys, it is the Q&A. Look, I want to get into this because... Um, Late on Wednesday, late on our show on Wednesday, we talked for about a minute about uh, Stevie G. And it was only Stevie G that we talked about potentially coming to, well, or Melbourne, should Melbourne victory um, basically you pursue, know, him. pursue him? And uh, now Robbie Keane is also up for grabs as well. The question I've got of you guys is, should A-League clubs and the FFA empty their war chest to get these guys into the A-League? Oh. What, what do you think? I've got no doubt they should. No doubt they should. I mean, a guy like 
Robbie Keane, who's been reported, who's played, who played fantastic football for Tottenham in particular in the Premier League, and then went and played in LA for the LA Galaxy for a long period. I think he'd be an outstanding player for the A League, and I think Stevie G, you're not getting him too late in his career. I know he's lost a tad, but of course they should. Now, I don't often give Carlos credit, and I don't often do it in his absence. <laughs> But he freely admitted last Wednesday that he was starting this rumour with completely no substance whatsoever. None. He said he was making it up. And yet it's grown legs. And I think it's grown legs because, you know what? It's not beyond the realms anymore. What would you have to pay, though? I mean, I think we were talking... I think he said six mil? Six million as a guest player for the rest of the season. So, Vinny, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Look, um, I I don't know how I feel about that. I I think that... uh it's it it becomes about how it converts and if if we get the bums on seats and we think that uh it's going to pay dividends in in more than one way then we're we're in a good place so i'd want to see bigger crowds and i know that uh someone like cvg would be fantastic for a playing group so that would be good but i think we could spend our money better and get more bang for buck so i'm i'm a I'm not into the pop star. But, but I mean, Stevie G, given the Liverpool uh, you know, yes. fanaticism, well, here in huge. Australia, but certainly huge. in Victoria. Like, go Stevie G. Robbie Keane, I don't know that. As, he's a great player, don't get me no, wrong. Well, Robbie Keane wouldn't put, I don't think he'd put many bums on seats, but I would say that I feel that he would add a degree of excitement. And he's known. And I think it just, you know, I don't think you need these players to add, su- add substance to your competition. But in some ways, I think it adds a little bit of publicity and it adds a, a little bit of wider appeal because of the names of these guys are more widely known than just being in the football circles. I mean, right now, Super Tim's the most exciting thing to have arrived in the A-League for a bit. So I'm happy with that. I don't really need Stevie G. Gee, it'd be very interesting. Kevin Musket was on Frank and Ox today. Let's have a listen to what he had to say. At this stage, no. Uh, at this stage, no. Um, we've, uh, you know, we've been contacted uh, in relation to, you know, a few players, but uh, um, you know, any any discussions with those players will remain confidential, obviously. But uh, um, at, at this stage, there's there's no chance, no. You, you know, and and that's straight from the coach's mouth. But he said at this stage a lot, or he said it a couple of times anyway. So uh, and everything will remain confidential. There will be no GST under the government I lead. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think that, I think that falls into that. Case. Look, Kevin Musket categorically, uncategorically ruled it out, really, he did. didn't he? I he mean, did. I think, to be honest with you, he's got he's to be part of the decision, but you wouldn't ever, you would never say never. And I would imagine that agents, I don't know whether the agents of Stevie G would be ringing up Melbourne Victory and saying, you know, we'd like him to come, but I would imagine that within the realms, there'd be players of that ilk now that would be looking around for lifestyle, and we've always sold our competition lifestyle finance level of competition i think it's a it's an attractive package look i think um i think it'd be very interesting to see stevie g i mean robbie Keane, uh, western sydney wanderers and brisbane uh basically well, they need the striker the wanderers they'd be know, a good side they are leading the pack in, if you like in, in the a league to pick up his services so it would be pretty amazing if stevie g and robbie Keane came to the a league for the rest of the season yeah. i think it would add look i you know, six million dollars. How do we we know? We don't know anything about the finances here. But uh, if that's what it would take to get him, I say. Um, I think I say. Have Look, a I don't. You want to blow the money, Rodrigo? I, well, I don't know if they caution blow the, to the wind. Well, I don't know if they'd blow the money. I think they would be able to 
recoup it. Recoup it would be cost neutral. Way. I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. I, I look. I, I reckon. I reckon it's um, it's worth a conversation. So um, you know what, boys? I think we've beaten the whistle on that one. But uh, that's well done. That's well done. <laughs> Thank so, you. What do you think? Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Let us know what you think. If you think Stevie G or Robbie Keane should well well should the A League and um, the FFA basically. Uh, you know, empty their war chest to see to bring those two to the A League. Be very, very interesting. Uh, just look, Marie, I'm an Everton fan. No way, Gerard for victory. He is not needed at Melbourne Victory. Oh, come so, on, Marie. There you go. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Well, the other thing I was going to say, Victory tampered or toyed with Michael Essien. I don't know how much he would have given or brought to that squad uh, either. So I'm 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 a little bit suspect on the big names just because they're big names. Well, Stevie G is is huge though. Well, they even they went pretty hard for Alessandro Diamante too. So, uh, and the and the um, FFA basically said no. He's you know we, we're not contributing to making him a guest player. So, uh, be very interesting to see if uh, they they I'm surely they wouldn't take that long with Stevie G. I mean I mean I, I might consider Nicholas Bedner, but uh, <laughs> no one else. There you go. Um, well, there's the whistle. We didn't beat the whistle. Okay, the next topic in the Q&A tonight, uh, 942-911-16. If you want to have a chat to the Diagos, give us a call. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit um, I'm a little bit over it with the referees and, well, the coaches in particular. You know, I, I mean, yeah, the referees have had some, you know, some mares recently uh, in terms of decisions, but uh, the coaches so far this year, and even players, are they going over the top? in arguing with the referees. So far, you know, I mean, we've had, obviously, Kenny Lowe was fined and sent off and suspended, I think, for, for two matches. Uh, Kevin Muscat's been fined. Tony Popovich has just been fined for $3,000 um, for saying some stuff around Jared Gillette. And Guillaume Moore has also mm. uh, been, you know, banished to the stands for another week. So, um, for a week. So, what do you think? What do you make of this? Are, are the coaches going too hard on the referees? Well, I'd say Yes. I mean, look, I said a couple of weeks ago, get them off the side of the field. I mean, at the moment, it seems to only be contributing. I mean, the poor fourth official. I mean, he gets his... <laughs> it's the worst job. It's I mean, the he, worst job. he gets his sort of like his um, schedule for the weekend and he says, oh, fourth official, you know, it should <laughs> no, be a pretty game. <laughs> should be a pretty cruisy thing. And then he goes, oh, no, it's Popovich. It's, uh, it's, uh, look, it, it's Popper and Musky. <laughs> oh, no. I just... Look, I think it's a two-way street. Some of the criticism around the decisions, I think, is fair. Now, I understand why in this modern society we can't have a situation where coaches publicly vilify or criticise referees, and we've moved beyond that. All I'm saying is I hope that within the, the FFA referees' you know, inner sanctum that there's a little bit of soul-searching around be. the quality of the performance because it's not good enough, but... Coaches shouldn't overreact because I can guarantee you they blow up at one decision and that old adage of what goes around comes around normally happens in a game. So I think they need to be a little bit more circumspect with regard to their criticism. Look, I th there are two things that I think need to happen. I, th I think people need to calm down a little bit. And I know it's, it's high-intensity stuff and there's a lot at stake for the gaffers. And But in an ideal world, it would be better for them to just pull back a bit because I think it's very poor role modelling for... It's unedifying, Vinny. It is unedifying. That is mm. a very good word. And I just think it it just encourages this, this attitude where you can just uh, slag bag and, and lose your rag against a referee at any time during a game, whether you're a player or a... Well, ref 
or a gaffer, which is problematic for me. And the other thing I'd say to do, I'd, I, I'm not a fan of the, the the TV coverage always showing it either because I just think that also reinforces the wrong message. And, and yes, referees make mistakes and they need to be reviewed and criticised and, and that's right. And they can it can be costly, which means we, we need to look at other ways of making sure that mistakes don't happen on a pitch. Well, even um, James Holland uh, from, from Adelaide has basically come out and already calling for, you know, video referees, um, you know, after a weekend of some fairly ordinary decisions. But um, look, Alex Brosk is one of my, one of my favourite players, has been for a long time uh, when he was a, so- you know, played for the Socceroos. He could still play for the Socceroos, Rodrigo. Uh, he's playing extremely yep. good football and he's, you know, he's obviously thinking the team are going to do something this year. But, geez, he's blown up a couple of times this year and clearly he's mouthed um, the words. Um, he's been a little bit lucky not to not to get yellows or get sent off a couple of times. He is actually <laughs> blown up. But so isn't that modelled to... by the coaches, Roderick? Isn't there a sense of well, that being modelled by the coaches in the way that they... And, I mean, forget the, forget the mistakes. I mean, I just think the ongoing verbal intimidation of the fourth official just leads to it going out on the field. I mean, they turn to the fourth official every every um, coach and goes, well, what was that decision or what was that decision? Every I mean, decision. It's so, ridiculous. So, so the message to the coaches and the players, show the passion, but don't don't verbal the ref too much or don't, gee, gear more. Don't don't touch the ref. Gear more people, yeah, but the ref, the ref was touching him too. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Hey, Andrew's called us and wants to talk about Stevie G. G'day, Andrew, and welcome to the show. Yeah, Diego, how you going? Yeah, very, very well. Thanks yeah, for good. calling. You know, always any time, but boys, um, just on uh, yeah, Stevie G coming down here yeah, would be awesome. I mean, I'll, I'll go for United, and um, but I'll still go down to go watch them. They'll get easily forty thousand. Just quickly, boys, just on United, um, watch them on the weekend. I'm not happy about Pogba. I mean, he's he's not even doing the simple stuff right, and we've paid a lot of money for him. I just I think that could have been well spent on uh, like another defender because we've got no one at the back at the moment. But I don't know, boys. What do you what do you guys think? Yeah, it's an interesting one with Pogba. I don't think I don't think he's been as good as what the money. But the money in terms of the financial figure is always an excessive amount with the way transfers are being paid. I thought Manchester United probably turned the corner a little bit against Arsenal. I thought they were okay, and Arsenal got a late win. I think. I think they're slowly on the upward curve again after being pretty ordinary before that transfer break. So maybe a little bit more time for Pogba. Good to see a Man United fan actually suddenly know the ills of his way as ways and start going to follow Stevie G. That'd be a good <laughs> thing. But um, yeah, I think Man U will be okay. They might. I don't know whether they'll make top four, but I think they're improving. Good on you, Andrew. Thanks for your call tonight. So Andrew says definitely. Uh, let's uh, let's get Stevie G in into the A-League. Hey, boys, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diegos with thanks to Tax Talk. They love to talk tax. Give them a call on 1300 366 639. This is the four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Football is like a religion to me. I worship the ball and treat it like a god. Too many players think of a football as something to kick. They should be taught to caress it and treat it like a precious gem. This has been a hot and sweaty, but strangely arousing Pelé moment by the four Diegos. On 1116 SEN, the four Diegos.
Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday with thanks to Best on Plumbing, Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts for over 26 years. If you want a great job done on your plumbing and drainage, give them a call on 1300 Best on. And if you're a plumber who is looking for a job they're hiring, 1300 Best on, give them a call. Hey, uh, Vinnie Venezuela, what was the hot topic tonight? It was about erections, but it's about whose statue would you like to see erected? Which world football player would you like to see up in our, up up high? In lights. Or in up lights. High in lights. Hey, um, we've got a couple of text messages here, Vinnie. Um, Good. 0433981116. FFA should erect statues of Stevie G and Keane to entice them to play in the A-League. There you go. That's That'll <laughs> be temporary, but... Um, <laughs> But that's not a bad. There's already a massive erection of uh, Joshua Kennedy in Rio de Janeiro, lads. There's yeah, James. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I went up there by myself. You did, and you three went together. Yeah, we did. Well, you know, you, you're a bit uh, you want aloof. to go by yourself. Aloof. aloof. Yeah, Paul. He's, he's Paul Archie Thompson outside Amy Park statue, please. Yeah, that's fair. It's not a bad one. Sasha Ognanovsky statue outside St Albans Station. Fair Jeez. too. Would have done his finest work outside St Albans Station too, Sasha. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. With the Archie statue, you'd need um, the corner the flag, oh, wouldn't yeah, you? As well, yeah. that'd Archie be great. Would love it, wouldn't he? Yeah. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Should we? <laughs> Although, if you made it ten meters, he'd be a bit intimidated by by himself. <laughs> he I think that I think it's unnecessary the ten meter thing. I think, I think. No, I think. No, no. I think it's a little bit excessive. No, I, I would want a big statue. I, What's I, wrong with life size, Vinny? No, I I just think it's in proportion. Know, then this. <laughs> no, I think it's nice to be loop. You know, towering over people. Mm. Ibra would love that, wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah, and the pigeons. He he, he would love that. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Whose statue would you like to see? And outside which uh, which stadium? Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Hey guys, we talked about expansion over the past uh, couple of shows, didn't we? Um, yeah, we know, actually we've led the discussion. I think oh, right? it's I fairly clear. That. No, we have. I don't know about that. People have been talking about we it. We lead uh, the discussion. It's yeah. a wonder we're not in the meetings. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, Rodrigo, yeah, we have so true. much to say about it. That's true. But, uh, we no, led the discussion on Tassie well, last week. Well, certainly Tassie. Yeah. And we, we got a, a, an important member of the uh, steering committee. <laughs> um, but no, that, that was interesting. But uh, any further thought? Even Malcolm Turnbull's been briefed uh, on, the, on the Tassie bid by uh, Andrew MP Wilkie. Andrew Wilkie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, asking for a bit of money for the redevelopment of the North Hobart Oval. So... Um, what do you what do you think about that? So the pri- so Tassie's gone political. Um, you know we've also got so so there's there's actually quite a few. Obviously South Melbourne, uh, Dandenong Casey, which is in the south so southeast Melbourne area. The key argument for Tassie is infrastructure. Clearly building infrastructure. <laughs> Clearly and yeah. and Turnbull would listen to that. But has yeah. Turnbull got a say? But obviously now the prime minister's involved in. You know, what is potentially, I mean, the FFA are going to come That's out. That's high-powered lobbying. That is very Absolutely. Good. You'd be impressed with that being a rank and file Yeah, member. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, 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 who do you, so who do you think will be, I mean, let's put it out there. I mean, who do you think will get in? Well, in all honesty, Rodrigo, I think they'll go for the, they'll go for the uh, homogenised version of expansion. I think there'll be a third team in Melbourne, a third team in Sydney, and then depending on markets, maybe a second team in Adelaide or a second team in Brisbane. Now, I'm disappointed with that model because I would like to think that the A-League could pioneer the concept of a genuine national competition. Now, I think some of that will So you're be, saying you would you I'd would love to see, see Tassie. Tassie. I'd love to see... Wollongong. Wollongong, maybe. Um, you'd like to see if the third team's going Geelong. to come in Melbourne, Geelong. Mm-hmm. 
I actually think maybe even Canberra, you know, in terms of that sense. But I, because of North Queensland and, and to a lesser extent Gold Coast, I think because of those, they're far less likely to look at those regional areas because there's a sense that they haven't been able to sustain it. But I'd love to see it go that way. I dare say it will go the way of a team in southern Sydney, a team in Melbourne, maybe South Melbourne, but could be Geelong if it's still there. And I think, you know, the the West Adelaide or the Brisbane Strikers, that's the concept of those two teams being the second team in either one of those states, I think that's probably got legs It's too. So I dare say it would go like that. I was speaking with a... A South, South Melbourne Hellas fan today, a friend of the Diego's, and he was saying that he'd prefer them not to be in the competition. And I said to them, well, I think that the way fans support now, you're not going to, we won't be revisiting the, the issues we had with those sorts of clubs in the past. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit keen on the South Melbourne because I think they've just got the ge- geographical positioning and their own stadium and that makes them uh, worth a look in. But uh, I think Geelong's a, a good prospect too. Yeah, I mean, Look, the South Melbourne thing, and I said it on with Andy Marr this week, I mean, my sense is they're, they're going to get 10,000 fans. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But they've got to build that to be more than a monocultural support. They've got to build cross, you know, culture and wider, broader appeal. And I think that would be their challenge. And I think the FFA, even in their own heads, may have moved beyond that sense that you're worried about a, a single cultural group. That forms the basis of support, but how do you build that wider attention? Although you go the other way and you just start up a, a franchise from scratch in a place like Geelong, how do you build any support at all? Well, you're just relying on on you know the the local. That's it. The locals there. Aren't yeah, you? that's it. You know the great thing about the South Melbourne bit and and possibly the Geelong South Melbourne comes with a stadium, and we talked about this last week. Yep. and that that's got to be that's got to be a really important. Part of the part of their bid. It's a unique part, mm. Rodrigo, because it's one of the few. It's the only stadium that I can think of in Melbourne that's outside of the CBD that could accommodate a professional soccer team playing there. There's no other one except for Geelong, and it's not absolutely ideally configured because it's a football ground. So. South Melbourne's got a huge advantage there, I would think. I really like the idea of a second division. I'm I'm really warming to that idea as well. And um, could the FFA basically say, okay, we'll, we'll out of the ten or so submissions or twelve submissions that we get from all across the country, you know, maybe choose two of those and say to the rest of them, um, which would impact on the NPL competitions around around the country, this is the second division, and then. You know, then we can start having a, a discussion about promotion relegation at some point down the track. I, I kind of like the the idea of a, of a second division and slowly building up to that model that we're all really happy. You know, we really want. I mean, now, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say there's a lot of urgency at the moment because of it's all about the TV deal and and that's exactly and that's that's kind of good and that's sort of exciting. But you, you don't want to blow your hand either, just quietly. No. And no. the other thing I'd say, Rodrigo, is I think there's a risk in terms of the, the the number of quality players that we have, that if you develop a second division, we know even in the absolute professional competitions, to make the move from, say, the championship to the Premier League is such a huge one. So could that happen here and then be successful? Look, oh, you know, um, 
we'll be, we might be surprised, Warren Diego. There might be some unbelievable players that uh, you know we don't see week in, week out, and uh, you know we, we just have to develop well, some of them through the, it, through, through the youth youth systems. Hey, uh, anyway, let's let's move on. Um, I want to talk a bit more about Champions League because we saw some amazing games uh, um, overnight, of course, and. Uh, the one that we'll talk to Mike McGrath a little bit more about is Leicester City, who uh, defeated Club Bruges 2-1, who are now into the final 16 of the championships. Where do they sit in the English Premier League ladder? 14th. 14th. What, two, two points above relegation. Two po- so yep. they're in the best 16 clubs in the world yep. and just barely par- <laughs> in the best 16 clubs in England. What, what do you make of that? Well, I mean, I, th- I think the simple fact of the matter is that, you know, a, a club like Leicester is not going to be able to do two things well. And in all honesty, Rodrigo, should we be be surprised? Because if you look at even the biggest clubs, and that is Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, for instance, they struggle with the two games in one week and that cycle. Now, Leicester have dealt themselves in to the round of 16, which could have them playing Real Madrid, Barcelona, home and away. Now, I dare say that would have been their goal, I reckon there's a sense that, you know what, depending on the draw, it's a free hit for the knockout phases. They go through a patch now after the knockout phases where there's a bit of a break in the Champions League before it starts again. They'll probably be able to reposition themselves for a comfortable, you know, mid-table mediocrity and really then They'd have... be happy with that. Yeah, they'll... They have they'll, to be from where they are They'll now. reposition themselves in this time and then have a free hit at a round of 16 and see where they can go. But... At the same time, the longer it goes when you're in the bottom half dozen, the harder it is to get out of it. Look, it's going it's it's an interesting proposition because it's got to build confidence for these boys, and uh, hopefully they can galvanise so that their EPL season is is well worth it. I just hope they don't get uh, Dortmund because they'll get cleaned <laughs> oh, up. Oh, that Dort- well, Dortmund defeated uh, Legia Warsaw eight. Four. How many? Twelve goals in that game. It was about five, two after half an hour or <laughs> it was something. Unbelievable. So, well, yeah. So uh, Dort- Dortmund uh, have, have done incredibly well. They they're already into the final sixteen as well. CSKA Moscow uh, and Bayer Leverkusen uh, were one all, and, and then um, saw Tottenham go. Yeah. Well, what about that? Uh, Monaco defeated Tottenham two one. Um, geez, their goalkeeper Yoris was uh, Tottenham's goalkeeper was just unbelievable in this game. But he he actually. Um, couldn't couldn't sell, save them, so they're out. Um, and the other game was uh, Sporting Lisbon and uh, Real Madrid. Uh, Real Madrid won two one, and uh, Sevilla and uh, Juventus, Juventus defeated Sevilla three one, and uh, Lyon uh, beat uh, Dinamo Zagreb one nil in the other game. So look, the Champions League is really hotting up. Um, it some... does, but there's a lot of games, Rodrigo. I, I love mean, it. the I, meaningless. I do enjoy I, it. No, they're I not do. meaningless I mean, at all. No, they're sort of like. You know, they're all holding hands and the big fellas get through to the knockout phases. Isn't that when you take an interest? So, I mean, I'm saying that on the basis that Liverpool's not playing anywhere. In <laughs> yeah, Europe I know. It sounds so a bit like... I'm a bit bitter, but, you know, there is a predictability most times about the Champions League. Celtic play Barcelona. That's going to be a big that's one. That's predictable. No, pre- not in Scotland. Well, maybe not. There's some big games tonight, actually. Um Arsenal and Paris Saint-Germain yep. is, a, is a good one. Merchant yep. Gladbach and uh, Man City. We've got uh, Matt... Uh, our producer is very excited about that. He won't that. go to sleep tonight in anticipation. <laughs> There's, uh, he won't, absolutely. Um, did, did you mention Celtic and Barcelona? Yeah, no, yeah, that'll be a big game for, for Tommy Rogic. Yeah, some good ones. Atletico Madrid and PSV Eindhoven as well. So interesting games for the Italians. There's uh, Napoli and Dinamo Kiev is happening tonight as well. So there you go. Just off the... Um, 
of the text in you know, with our recent conversation about uh, expansion. As a Hellas supporter, South Melbourne should not join the A-League. We have worked hard to remove ethnic football from the Australian scene. We would lose our identity as a club if we were to join. It would be a big step backwards for the club. Let's uh, be the big fish in the little pond. It's really interesting, isn't it? That's a really interesting uh, angle on that, the idea that you'll lose your cultural identity by mm. joining um, a bigger commercial endeavour. Why Why would a licence be granted to South Melbourne when Melbourne City can't even attract more than 10,000 yeah, spectators? I think that's a fair question, but it's a completely different... I mean, let's face it. There must be some financial benefit of this expansion. I mean, and it obviously is around free-to-air. And... They're two completely different kettle of fish. You've got a club that's established with a supporter base historically over a long period of time versus a club that's building a, a supporter base. I think it would harm City, although I don't know how much because I really don't have a sense of how many maybe disenfranchised you know, fans are going to move back to South Melbourne if they've been South Melbourne fans in the past. It's very interesting. And you know there's going to be opinions in that uh, supporter cohort, Vinny Venezuela. Uh, just quickly, Ogdenovsky statue should be erected outside BT Connor Reserve, home of the Preston Lions. Both he and his father are club legends. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens some, so at some uh, stage. Marie, gorgeous Danny Orsop statue. He's a fine-looking yeah, uh, specimen. I reckon I got, Sasha's statue should be in Japan somewhere because they're always scared of him, especially yeah, with the three-day growth. <laughs> that would just freak them out a bit. Absolutely. Hey, let's take a break and come back with more of the Diegos and Mike McGrath on the Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Argentina's biggest and best-supported club, Boca Juniors, were founded in 1905 by an Irishman named Patrick McCarthy and a group of Italian immigrants. The founding members, unable to decide what colours to play in, chose to adopt the national colours of the next ship to sail up the River Plate. The boat was Swedish, hence Bocker's strip of blue and yellow. This has been a useless trivia moment by the Four Diegos. On 11.16 SEN, the Four Diegos. With thanks to the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping, it starts in 2017. They're looking forward to um, churning out some of the best young footballers in the state and the country. The world. They're open for enrolments right now. For more details, 9409. That's 9409 uh, Check them out, the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. Hey, uh, boys, now it's time to catch up with our man in the UK. It's Mike McGrath. G'day, Mike, and welcome to the show. Hi guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's good, good to have you. No, no, Carlos tonight, but it's Rodrigo, uh, Warren yeah, Diego, mine. and uh, Vinny Venezuela. Mike, uh, I just got yeah. one very quick question to start with. Uh, Zlat's man who can Ibrahimovic is getting a ten meter statue erected in Stockholm. Is there any chance that Wayne Rooney's going to have one of him <laughs> sort of erected with a glass of red wine, maybe outside of Old Trafford? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> That'd be uh, fun. The red, the red devil. That's um, very good. That's You're on good board. <laughs> that's a really good idea. I think I think it should happen, really. Yeah. Uh, but um, I think there's. Um, I think it'd be. Uh, I think Wayne's probably wanting a bit more of a low profile at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Hey, Mike. Uh, we just before before you you came on here, we were talking about uh, 
Leicester being in the uh, best 16 clubs in the in the world um, after you know their them again getting through the final uh, 16 with their 2-1 win against uh, Club Bruges. They're not even in, they're very close to not even being in the top 16 clubs in England. What do you make of this? We've asked you yeah. this before, but um, yeah, can you just shed some light on what what's going on at Leicester? Yeah, I, you know they, they climbed the mountain last last year, and I think inevitably um, it's difficult to get back to that level um, in the Premier League. And a lot of I, I think I mentioned it before, a few things have gone against them. Losing Kante being one of them, probably we can say now one of their most important players. Um, and referees are getting to grips with um, Leicester players getting to grips with attackers and um, that's been outlawed and that's stopped them um, defending the way they want to defend in the Premier League um, and it means they're conceding a few goals in that respect whereas in the Champions League it's all fresh a bit like it was this time last year in the Premier League that you know nobody really knows what what they're about at that level so they can play with it with a, a bit more um, uh, yeah, uh, gay abandon, I think you guys call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do, Mike. You, Mike. And uh, <laughs> the more gay abandon we have, the better we see teams play. Mike, I think if you if you have a look at the ladder at the moment with Chelsea winning six games, I think, in a row, it is going to be a season of momentum, isn't it? I mean, the losses, I mean, Chelsea went through a patch where they lost, but if teams, and that is Arsenal, Liverpool, um, Chelsea, Man City, and we saw this with Man City at the start of the year, it is going to be a season of momentum, isn't it, with regards to teams putting wins together. And if they do that at the right times, they're going to find themselves, you know, winning the title, not by default, but by the fact that they've been able to win games consistently. Yeah, well, I also think it's about just picking up points here and there when they've been playing badly. Um Arsenal played terribly. They were, if it's possible, they were thrashed one all at the weekend. Um, how they got a point out of that, I don't, I don't know. But they got a point, so you know that, that's actually that they'll be quite happy with that. Um, similarly, Tottenham, how they won against uh, West Ham um, is incredible. They were they were second best for most of that game, and Man City haven't been playing well either. So I think at the moment, obviously, it's it's. Chelsea that are that are winning games um, on you know on the spin, um, where and and Liverpool got a draw at the weekend. I think it's more worrying if you're losing those games, and it's about picking up points when you're not playing well. And there's a few that are like that at the moment, and then obviously hopefully having that burst um, after after Christmas. Mike, uh, that uh, Man U Arsenal game, uh, even though it was a draw, Jose regarded it as a loss, and he went home feeling dejected, like he'd lost the game. Given where they are and and, and sort of the how far behind they are from the top of the tree, do you think uh, the the key performance indicators for Jose Mourinho will not be reached or achieved this uh, season? I think he's got you know he's he's got to be he's got to be happy with the performance. Um, you know they were in control of that match for eighty odd minutes, but it's worrying that he's saying that they're an unlucky team. Um, you know, like Napoleon being an unlucky general. If they're, <laughs> they're not, if they're not picking up these, um, if they're not picking up the points when they should, that is a worrying thing in terms of getting where they need to be. Six at the moment, and you'd say it's going to be a, 
he's going to be a scrap for top four. I think it is possible for them to do it because they're only six points behind, but they're going to have to, you know, they're probably going to have to knock off um, Spurs or um, or Arsenal to get there, which seems pretty pretty difficult. And you mentioned Tottenham, Mike. They're they're out of the Champions League. They go into Europa now, and we know that. I, I think in a lot of ways that that sort of run maybe cost them in the latter latter part of the season last year in terms of chasing Leicester down. They had such a high against West Ham in Harry Kane scoring a couple of goals and getting them over the line there. Where do you see them fitting in the overall picture? Do you see them being able to chip away and and be in the picture with five games to go, or do you think they'll they'll drop off? I've got to say, after I, I was at Whitehall Lane at the weekend, and the signs really weren't good because um, the, the Harry Kane goals at the end um, were great for him and showed what nerve and um, you know, positioning he has. But it really does paper over the cracks that that, that team isn't really functioning very well at the moment. <laughs> it's incredible to say that when they haven't lost a game in the Premier League, but they're just not playing very well. Um, there's there's a lot of um, players there playing under par, so if it does carry on this way, um, then it could you know I, I could see them kind of staying where they are, which is fifth rather than in the top four. Will, will they do Will they do business in January? It's not a great window to do serious business, but it looks like they need an injection of something because they didn't get um, they didn't really strengthened well enough in the in the summer. I think they're now paying the, paying the price for that. Mike, uh, Stevie Gerrard, is he going to get a management job and is it going to be some linked with England as well? Um, I mean, I, you know, we've done some work on this story um, in my paper and it's not, it's not going to be the MK Dons. Um, from what we're hearing is that he, he will listen to offers to play um, for, for another another spell, be it six months um, if it's in Europe or maybe a season if it's, it's um, further afield. Um, and I think there'll be some really interesting offers for him to consider before then going back and maybe um, fast-tracking his uh, coaching badges, which are all important over here. Um, and I, I wouldn't expect him to be a manager within the next 18 months. I think it might be a little bit longer than that um, is is what I feel will happen. But what we've seen is MK Dons wanting to speak to him. I think other other teams will want to uh, look at him as a manager. And if they, if they offer him something he can't refuse, then we could see him in the dugout. Hey, Mike, uh, we're going to have to let you go. Uh, lots of talk here that he's coming to Melbourne victory. But uh, <laughs> we'll uh, talk to you next week. Thanks for your time. Okay, There's Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK. Let's take a break and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Thanks for your company tonight. The overnight crowd coming up next. Uh, we're back next Wednesday, so remember, Vinny. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out, we'll we'll be there. There. wherever you're Samba, Rumba, and La Bamba, we'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their face, we'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever gringos play football, we'll, we'll be there. there. We are the Four Diego. Ole! Ole! Ah.